Everybody, welcome to the Collective Podcast. This is going to be uh, episode 25. This time we got a, um, a f- I guess, you know, just like an acquaintance through emails. Um, and a big fan of his work. Uh, he just had some really amazing recent success with uh, his recent Kickstarter, uh, Hyperlight Drifter. Um, and we can, we're going to talk more about that in detail. Um, but uh, we got an artist and a uh, what is, is he, uh, puppet smooching beard, <laughs> I'm going to totally draw you on it, uh, beard stroking machine, Alex Preston on the podcast, so without further ado, welcome to the podcast, thanks for sharing a little bit of your time with us, man, appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah, dude, um, and, and like I said, congratulations on the amazing success of your game. Thank it's, you. It's, it's freaking awesome, like, I mean, I was pretty damn smitten the first like when I get these links to Kickstarter, um, I know pretty quickly if I like it or not. And I was just like, I was scrolling up and down. I was like, Oh, what's that? Oh man. Oh, <laughs> it was great. It, it reminded me of a lot of the stuff from my childhood. And I was going to ask you, how old are you? I'm 29. 29. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I have a tendency to skip years sometimes, and I'll find myself saying I'm 27, and I'm like, wait a second, I'm not 27 anymore. It's been like two years since that happened. So, <laughs> yeah, time yeah. time flies, right? Time flies at a ridiculous pace. Am I allowed to curse on this part podca- on this podcast? You could say where the fuck you want, sir. Because I'm I'm a cussy kind of dude. So <laughs> that's cool. Me too, man. It's it's due to me not having a having a lack of vocabulary articulate vocabulary <laughs> so i grew up with a dad that had a lot of uh anger issues and liked cuss so you know you inherit that kind of a thing to a degree oh okay <laughs> i guess i could i guess uh yeah Philanthropy, so you know it's <laughs> okay cool yeah no not a problem man i mean like i said <clears throat> this thing is just it's more about just us getting a, a really good conversation so yeah cool. feel free to say where the hell you want and whenever you can cut in or whatever, doesn't there's no format to it. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, seriously, it was it's a beautiful, and that's why I asked you that your age because I'm 30 and I grew up like with ghouls and goblins and like video games like that, like Zelda and the original Nintendo system, and um, I could see it in with what you're doing, like obviously how influential that stuff is on you, you know? Yeah, and, it's super influential. I mean, I uh, back when the NES was out. Well, my dad actually bought a, what was it? He bought a, an Atari 2600 back in the day. Mm. And I was too young to be interested in that stuff. But then when the NES came along, and my brother was, you know, like four years older than me. So he was the one that was always playing. And that kind of like shared experience of watching somebody else play the game and the story unfold visually, I think really influenced design, how I design things. And, you know, how, how I'm building this video game also is like, from that perspective of like, oh, it's, it's a spectacle as well. It's It's got to reel you in even if you're not actively engaged in it with a controller, you know? Yeah, it's incredibly beautiful. I mean, if those are of you that are listening and you don't know what we're talking about, there's a link in the podcast window or you just go to like Hyperlight Drifter uh, Kickstarter, Google that, and you'll come okay. up on the page Heart that... Dash. Heart-Machine.com is our official website. Yes, Heart-Machine is his official website, and um, yeah, go to it and check it out and see what we're, we're talking about, because it's incredibly beautiful. Um, I guess, what would you call this stuff, like pixel art, when it comes to the video game? Sure, I mean, I, it's just low-res. Low-res, yeah. People, I don't know if there's like an official category anymore for these things, but yeah, it's just... 
it's it's a lower resolution really and i guess that's that's categorized as, as pixel art um but a really stylized version of it yeah yeah it's it's really great man and so like you know so first and foremost like like i said congratulations i mean it's a it's a it's it's one thing to do something in this world and then it's another to be really successful at it and i think that um i could really tell that you and the people that you created this with are, are in that you guys are riding that wave and it's really great you know it's inspiring and it's really cool so yeah man it's awesome and and to kind of give people this perspective i think your original goal was what like twenty seven thousand dollars yeah i mean it's been it's been a uh, a very different turnout than i had kind of anticipated originally <laughs> yeah yeah to put it to perspective they were at i mean this this project was me and me alone for a while that's crazy and and, and then um I got Bo to come on board, who's making a game called Samurai Gun, which is actually coming out really soon. Cool. By the end of the year, I think, um, on PC, which is, again, a badass game. But he, uh, I needed somebody to help me program, because I needed to do the art and level design and all that stuff. And I couldn't also do all of the programming as well, so I needed help. And I found Bo through a friend. He was recommended. and. Bo has been awesome, um, and I worked with him for about eight months on it, awesome. and uh, then I launched the Kickstarter, and then it went really crazy, and now I have a team of four dudes, and we have a couple of people on commission that were that are helping out with the project, but yeah, it's it's really changed from like, oh yeah, I'll be able to scrounge by and scrape and <laughs> eat shitty food and whatever else and maybe release a game in a year or so and it'll be a small a game in a small scope but it's shifted quite a bit now you know and there's expectation and there's there's a lot of anticipation and there's a whole fan base which is a bizarre thing for me and as an experience because i've never really had that yeah I, i'm always very guarded about my work and very um, secretive about what I'm actually doing, so it was—it's a whole different feeling for me to actually put something out there and put something out there that's so personal because my work is always very personal, regardless of if it's a video game or a painting or a drawing. That's awesome. I mean, do you do you feel that this transformation within yourself is 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 leading to you being more happy with yourself, or is it causing you like um, conflict conflicts and stuff like? with people knowing what you're doing or, or no, uh, not at all. I think, I think it's, it's, it's a good feeling to have your stuff out there sure. and have people appreciate it. Oh, I totally. mean, it'd, it'd be a different story if the game was thrashed by, you know, a large majority, but it seems like most people really want to play it and really resonate with it for a variety of reasons. Whatever reason they resonate with it is great by me. Um, and I've had just so much, such an immense amount of, positive feedback on it like how could i not feel good about that yeah no man that's that's great i mean once you get all that energy it's like how could, yeah it's like you said how could you not give back to it you know so no that's really great dude i mean so like also to step back so this um this person Bo, what's his full name Bo blythe Bo blythe okay and Bo is making another game that's uh gonna review or release soon called what samurai gun samurai oh. gun okay Think about something like a really stripped down Smash Brothers. Oh, okay, cool. Yes, well, I, I guess something that's even more similar recently was Matt Thorson's um, Towerfall on Uya. Okay. Um, where it's it's a four player kind of battle arena game, um, 
but I, I expect that people will know what Samurai Gun once it releases. I think that's kind of a game that'll blow up. So. Sure, sure. Yeah, no, that's awesome. No, I mean, congratulations to him, and that's really cool that you guys got a chance to link up. And I think it's also, like you said, your low expectation going into this and your humbleness about it is has led to your indefinite success, which is great um, from my perspective because it allows you not to be... Um, like when you go into something with high expectations and you don't reach your goals, it kind of it <laughs> ruins the situation, and I, I have so. I have a problem with that. <laughs> well, it can, it can ruin ruin momentum, of course. Yes. And again, like I've I've never really put myself out there to that degree, so I've never, because you know, to I've always had that kind of fear of of failure that a lot of artists do, yeah. and and that like that tension inside where it's like, oh, do I put that out there do I see what people think and you know you make a little baby step sometimes and push it but this year in particular was really rough for my health so I decided fuck it I just you know whatever if people want to see this great if they don't I don't care you know <laughs> yeah I'll put it out there and see what happens and you know something something pretty incredible happens so that's good I mean it's obvious that um I think yeah we all we all deal with that I think it's a pretty ballsy move to be honest um, to go and put all the work in and then go and do a Kickstarter um, because I know the process isn't like, you know, just like, oh, I want to make a Kickstarter and then it's done. It's it's a lot of work. No, um, it's a shitload of work. Yeah, I mean, shit ton, yeah. Leading, leading up to the Kickstarter, I was doing lots of research for the past year on what to do and what not to do. Mm. Um, I mean, of course, I, I made mistakes through the process because it doesn't matter how much you research and how much you prepare for it. Sure. You're going to make mistakes and... And one of the mistakes that I made was not anticipating that it would maybe get big. Yeah. <laughs> so I had I had only kind of accounted for like, oh, I'll have these kinds of stretch goals and these kinds of um, limitations on donation amounts. Yeah. Um, and so I had to kind of change that structure and that kind of screwed up. It made things complicated on my end and on the user end of like, oh, where do I donate and like what tier gets what? So I had to do a whole spreadsheet on that stuff because certain things were getting mixed. And then I was able to provide, you know, ask, talking to vendors and other people offering things throughout the Kickstarter and seeing the success. It's like, oh, I can do t-shirts for you for this price or whatever else. And I can do... I can do uh, boxes for you at this at this cost or whatever. Like these vendors come in and people want the physical rewards to degree, and as long as I don't have to handle shipping or handling, and I just have to send them the data, I want to do that stuff because I love a physical box, like a sure. style physical box, the manual. That's awesome, and I'm so glad that I get to do that now. But it's not something that I had planned for in the beginning. And so that's you know just one example. And then the art book became a reality at a certain goal where it's like. I always wanted to do an art book. I was always going to do an art book, but it was just going to be a simple PDF kind of tag along thing. And if it was successful enough, maybe down the line, I would release it as a paperback or something, you know. But now it's it's a serious deal. We have other commissioned artists getting in on it and building lore, and it's you know going to be like a full run. And we're we're partnering up with the publisher to actually make the the book happen. So it's fucking awesome, dude. So cool, yeah. man. Congratulations. That came with it that I was not you're not anticipating was a whole another level of job basically and it was a 24 7 job and it was a great job and also kind of a terrible job because <laughs> it's like you can't look away from it there was no. so many questions and so many people tugging at you in every little um corner and it was basically it was just me handling the kickstarter for about the first three weeks wow and then <laughs> I, 
and then I had Teddy come help me and um, the other one of the other guys that I hired um, Casey one of our other teammates Casey came in right near the tail end of it so I had a little bit of relief there but it's it's uh, not easy I would not recommend running a Kickstarter by yourself especially if it's going to be a successful Kickstarter yeah and you don't know that until it starts yeah, to don't. hit yeah it's just just to show people that don't know what we're talking about. So his original pledge was twenty seven thousand, and then I think your final pledge goal was like six hundred like forty five thousand dollars or something, right? Which is 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 exponentially way larger than he was anticipating, which leads to all these things like he's saying all these uh, complexities with like you know raising the tier or, or like um, also getting people new pledge levels and. Yeah. The one pain in the ass about Kickstarter, and I understand why they do it. It's not the greatest website ever. It's It works well, it was fine, but the one function that really kind of fucked me in some ways, um, in a lot of ways, or just made a lot more work for me because I had to answer so many questions and there's confusion about it, was once you put a tier up, like a donation tier, Yeah and somebody clicks on it and donates it, you can never delete it and you can never change it. Oh. <laughs> so it's permanent, it's there. Yeah, I see and the reason why they do that, but yeah. You know, yeah, I understand why they do it. So like if you have, if you, you can't fuck people out of- Totally. Uh, from, like a promise yeah. and that, that's fine, I get it. But I didn't realize that, my mistake, that was one of the few things that I, like, I had no idea about. How dare you. <laughs> Yeah, it was a surprise to me because when I was originally when I was doing the tiers, it was like, okay, I'm accounting for a certain budget, which is a much lower budget. Like I thought, maybe I would get double my asking goal of twenty-seven thousand, maybe if I'm lucky. Sure. Um, which seemed relatively reasonable to me. Like, oh, I get maybe like fifty thousand dollars, and that'd be cool. Um, and that's what those tiers were kind of accounting for, and like the amount of people that want this, and like the limited print runs. And so you see in the tiers, I had to add like three additional print runs for it also to make up for that because a lot of people wanted prints. Yeah. Um, and again, like adding these other additional tiers in between and the wording is weird because it's like all rewards, all previous awards included. And then there's a tier below that that says, wait a second, no, there's not some of these tiers. <laughs> this is a very special one because I don't want to screw anybody out of, the, out of this, but also this is, you know, like... I wanted to provide a t-shirt, but I'm not going to charge $100 for a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. You know? and, specifics, yeah. And you, I imagine you must have been on very low sleep and, like, probably shitting your pants about what's going on, so. <laughs> no, I wasn't shitting my pants or anything. No? You're... It, was all, it was all very, um, it was intense, but it was it was great. And I fed off of that, and, I, you know, I, I got enough sleep. Okay, that's um, good then. Yeah, I'm, I'm able to... I think one thing that my health problems have afforded me is perspective, and so I don't get too antsy about a lot of things unless it has to do with dying. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Do you I, mind? Do you, I mean, so your health issues was that due to this stuff, the extra stress, or just stress in general, or? My my health has been relatively good throughout the whole process. Oh, that's good. Um, you don't so. have to talk about that. If it's too personal. I just. Just curious about those kind of things because um, a lot of people that might be listening to this podcast or even myself I've dealt with some um, Like more towards like just not health heavy health stuff, but more like towards depression and stuff and sure And you know getting out of those you know, it's 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 a different levels of it, right? And and a lot of it's self-induced um, Especially with what we do. It's it's a it's a selfish weird thing that we do um, we're constantly like trying to 
scream our voice out to the universe and, and hope for a reply from somebody and when we do it's it's cool <laughs> yeah. but the process of, of, of basically you know using your voice and screaming it it can lead it lead to some really interesting situations with your health you know so sure i mean i don't have a problem talking about my health i've i've always been a fucked up kid i mean i just got the crap into the stick when it came to the gene pool i have I, have a, I was born with a heart condition, um, and so that was always a major issue. I had to have open heart surgery when I was a child. Wow. Um, and so I was always limited in physical activity, and then it's a bummer. A, yeah, and then I had a pacemaker installed back in 2008, and I have to have more surgery down the line at some point. And then I also have a genetic mutation on top of that, which causes all sorts of really fun issues that makes me go to the hospital with some frequency um, and causes some scary things to happen. So. Wow, man. Yeah, you know, I'm very familiar with um, with with hospitals and doctors. Um, wow. So I've had a lot of experience with that stuff, and that's it's not fun. I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. <laughs> yeah, like like anybody's going out to get that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Health is something that I think a lot of people take for granted. Totally. Yeah. The person that's always had to deal with some pretty life-threatening, um, scary shit throughout my life, I. Uh, Again, like I, I've been afforded some per perspectives, so I totally. I, you know, a lot of things don't really bother me in high-pressure situations, um, like running a Kickstarter or having a lot of people bear down on you about this, this or that. It's, it doesn't really compare to almost dying on a yearly basis. So good, good for know. you for having that perspective, though. You know, that's a good way to take something totally bad and, and shitty experience and turn it into something stronger and positive. So, which just, I mean, I don't know you people that are listening I, this is the first time we're actually really talking i called you last night but um so i'm getting to know you through the podcast and so it's 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 interesting just getting to um have your personality unfold through this conversation but it's obvious to me that you're 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 like you know the glass is half full kind of perspective you know more than the glass is half empty which is good and i think that that's a great perspective reminder because of your health that you can constantly be reminded that you know this isn't life-threatening this is just fucking you know a little bit of stress right here but it's not going to be the end of the day you know so or the end of my world so yeah, which is good so in my world there's more important things than the stress of the of you know creating the work cool not that it isn't stressful or sure. it doesn't bother me or it doesn't cause anxiety to a degree it's just you know it's it's not the end of the world for me and, and it's 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 secondary to as far as like pressure goes to any any of the health issues so no that's that's awesome man i mean and, the, and good for you for fighting it through and you know making these things happen so yeah dude that's cool i mean all in all i mean the, the success and everything and the, what you've done with it is is really um it's remarkable it's it's awesome i think i i came across it um andrew sent me i believe andrew sent me the kickstarter and i was really impressed by it and then um i think it was just finishing up or just finished Mm -hmm. um, but it was so cool to see it and I was and I remember sending out to like so many people like oh check this out this is so rad like man I can't wait to check this thing out and it was just a yeah I keep I keep nerding on it you know so I'm not gonna apologize <laughs> for that so <laughs> it's just really beautiful there's some really great things going on in there and some great animation and stuff um, some great um, it just reminds me like I said like I, I spent like countless hours late at night like playing like ghouls and goblins and stuff like that was my shit when I was growing up that was like the game 
those kind of games were the games that I played and, and, and it's weird like when I look at what you're doing here it, like it's like a time machine like I'm going back but it's there's something about it that's way more beautiful you know well I think I think that's kind of what really struck a lot of people was like this of our generation the shared experience that we've we've all had um, on a very impersonal level with one another but it's a very personal interaction with with the game or the product or the media that we're consuming and so yeah. things like Zelda things like the different anime that it touches on or things like you know go, go, ghosts and goblins um, there's bits and pieces of all these different things that people pick up on and it strikes them for one reason or another and like I have I have no shame about my influences because I think um, you should embrace that stuff and yeah, yeah. of course make it your own you know don't don't outright steal and copy but you know embrace what you love and show that to people and i think they'll respond in kind yeah i mean the thing is i think that a lot of people don't realize is, is pretty much everybody is riffing off another person there's no real um there's no mental real estate really that hasn't been capped really um artistically especially nowadays um, with how many people are creating and everything so I mean there, there might be some stuff that feels original but I can guarantee you it comes from somewhere you know or it's already been done in some way some facet every, you know? every artist has their influences yes and, yes. and uh, you know any anybody who tries to tell you otherwise just doesn't realize that there is outright lying like you you have since you grew up, you have what has influenced you, whether it be your father's work or some great illustrator's work or just stuff that you've seen on TV or in the myriad ways of consuming media that we have available to us now. Like, you're going to be absorbing this subconsciously at the very least. Yeah. And I think a lot of people absorb this stuff on a very conscious level now. Totally. Yeah. Because we're just flooded with media constantly now with our phones and with our tablets and on our TVs and now all, all of the modern systems are pushing a million different feeds at you so we're just slammed with influence and that's a good and bad thing um, it has its positives and its negatives but I think if you can meter yourself and that's something that our generation will have to and the generation the younger generation um, below us will have to figure out is how do we adjust to this consumption level so that it's healthy and not overwhelming yeah. and, not, and not distracting to the point where we're, we're unproductive and that's that's i think one of our big generational issues that we'll be coping with that we're already coping with you know yeah yeah the abundance of information and how you like you know process it and stuff but it's it's like a tool you know it's like any of these things and it's how you use it and it's, how you use your time so and then a lot of people find themselves in this constant feedback loop like oh I gotta be on Twitter I gotta answer this I gotta answer that I gotta be on Netflix now I gotta do this I mean, <laughs> do you feel that pull do you feel that pull like, no not necessarily because I wasn't on Twitter before this started yeah and I barely use Facebook and you know my I check my email every day and I read my RSS feeds for whatever sites but I try not to get too swamped in that stuff and like yeah reddit's good I spend a lot of time on that <laughs> yeah I hear that's really addicting I, I I've atten intentionally avoided it just so I don't get completely consumed by it so yeah yeah but I mean yeah the distractions but there's but there's there's a there's a good trade-off for these things right I mean 
for every like five or so minutes you spend on these things if your feed is really good you get a couple like hits of inspiration or interesting ideas or something you know or oh yeah or opposite you get some really shitty uh people's thoughts and words in your head and it totally clouds your judgment and it and it causes you to have a a conflict of interest within yourself you know so it's yeah. within it's just within reason you know so no i i agree with that i had to i had to stop looking at um found yeah um, found yeah I, would, I was addicted to that like four years oh, yeah. ago <laughs> well no i i like years ago i and for a couple of years straight like i would be ready to do work that day like it'd be like okay this is my day off i i'm gonna draw something or paint something have something in mind let me get some inspiration going and then i go to found and i end up spending like three or four hours on that goddamn site <laughs> and then i've amazing hundred or fifty different images that I have to catalog and sort through and then it's like well now I'm completely lost yeah there you go exactly I mean it's it's amazing it's really what's really interesting is I revisited it recently just for the shit sake of it and dude there's so much porn on there it's like oh, it's oh really, well it's I like, mean there was always a fair amount of nudity and it's crazy though it's like every, like you take a link to one thing and then like it's a, it might be a drawing of a female and then there's porn on all the next links. It's like, what the hell is going on here? But it's not yeah. like horrible, like shitty porn. It's like, if there's no, such a like thing, it's it's like beautiful porn. Yeah, it's photography porn. Yeah, so there's, there's, there's a few steps to nudity, and like you can always get like, <laughs> two steps away from nudity. Yeah, and which is kind of fun, but also ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, but it, it's just funny. I didn't know if you noticed that too, because I was just like, whoa, holy shit, what happened? <laughs> and it's it's not like I'm complaining. I'm just like, I was trying to get some inspiration, not get a boner. <laughs> Sometimes boners are inspiration. So. <laughs> yeah, it could be distracting though. <laughs> but yeah, found is, is, is a, if for those who are listening, found, it's like four Fs, F-F-F-F-O-U-N-D, um, dot com, and it's this amazing um like blog i don't know it's it must be like i can imagine like five or ten like authors of the site that post up like the best shit from everything that they can find on the internet yeah they're procurers of fine web imagery basically yeah yeah and they do a good job of it strip a lot of content from deviantart and whatever else and i don't know what places and other like porn tumblers and stuff yeah because it's a pretty it's a pretty quick um, it is really like one or two clicks to some nudity and then some <laughs> porn, which I'm actually looking at right now. I'm, <laughs> I'm on found for the first time in months and it's like, oh yeah, there's, there's a bunch of porn. See, I told you. Yeah. I mean, I was just on there like a couple weeks ago and before when I first started looking at it, I'm, I think like maybe three or four years ago, I was on there like daily. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to spend like 30 minutes and just go on found and get like super pumped up because it was like mm -hmm. my adrenaline artistic rush. <laughs> now, yeah, now, now that you say it, there is like just straight up porn on here. Whereas yeah. before it was tasteful, like nudity yeah. photography, like really super sexualized stuff. But nice, now though. there's like fucking cum shots yeah. and <laughs> gifts and stuff. And that was not on found like nope. a year ago. It's out of control. Yeah, it's. I think it's it's changed its path. <laughs> yeah, just well, slightly. So you know, Every, everything has its time yes. for what it is. You know, so. But I mean, hey, like you said, it's like it's not like that's. I mean, you know, cum shots. Yeah, it's it's a little it's a little much, but <laughs> just a tad. But I mean, when just when <laughs> oh, that's how I found out lots of different artists. You know, I'd find a really beautiful piece, and I'd be like, man, who fucking drew that? And even if the link doesn't work, I just go to like Google Images and put that Im image in, and it would find the artist for me. 
and it was great to be able to find the more of the art and then reach out to the artist or talk to the artist and kind of just get an understanding of what that person's up to and stuff so it's a really great tool if you know how to use it right and if you have self-control and not getting completely stuck into it because that's funny that um we share the same problem <laughs> with that because yeah it was it was out of control <laughs> I, think, I think a lot of my friends who um are illustrators or designers or whatever else creative types they get stuck in that same kind of loop also where it's just like man i have too many rss feeds of yeah, different yeah. blogs that i follow because there's a lot of great illustrators out there mm -hmm. a lot of great work and then you can get caught up for hours on end in the morning just looking through all the new stuff all the new posts so it's it's it can become a job in itself and i had to stop doing that it's like okay i'm gonna really really limit my consumption so i can get stuff done yeah get stuff done exactly but it might be that you've completely changed your role as who you are um <clears throat> it seems you know like um Oh, but before I get off the topic of found, have you ever um, like been on there and then saw some of your work? Have you ever had that happen? No, my work, I, again, like I never really posted it anywhere. Well, yeah, your site has quite a bit of stuff, though. It does, but it never, I never put it anywhere. Okay, Nobody gotcha. Never took anything from it. I never really had like deviant art. I never spread it to people. Like it was there only as like a hey for jobs. Um, client look at this and that was it okay gotcha yeah. you know, and i had very few followers and whatever else but since the kickstarter i have a lot of different followers on my tumblr and you know it's just like i, I my name pops up on the internet which is a weird thing for me because i'm not used to that yeah but that's cool though i mean for a good reason you know it could be from yeah, like it could be cool. from like crack smoking or something so yeah <laughs> better than being known for crack smoking that is <laughs> okay fine <laughs> did you um did did you go to school for this stuff or are you self-taught or did your parents um, draw for uh for design and illustration i i went to otis okay art and design it's a good college uh, huh yeah it's it's a good school but i went for fine arts and so i was a painting major primarily but i always was into everything so i was doing sculpture and i was doing computer programming and i was doing design work and I was you know I built this other company back in college that was uh, a software firm for political for for candidates for campaigns out in the United States and you know that was a whole thing for six years and I decided I don't ever want to do that three-legged legs is that what it is no no that that's an entirely different thing three-legged legs was Casey Hunt who's part of the team now he started that with a couple of buddies right after school. Um, we graduated in like 2006. And Three-Legged Legs was this him and Greg and Reza, two other classmates, and they made commercials and they made spots um, and cool animations. And it's not like, oh, we're going to make a Pepsi commercial and it's going to be the dumbest thing ever. They tried to do really interesting creative stuff with it, and I think they succeeded on a lot of levels with Yeah, that. some really cool stuff there, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they did like the whole puppet thing for Zune back in the day, which was really awesome. Yeah. Um, they did a fully animated um, music video for Kanye West and um, I forget who else did the, that song. And um, I don't know, and even the spots that they did, and I worked on some of those with them, were always really cool because um, they had a lot of creative ideas and a lot of interesting ideas and that's why clients would go to them because they didn't want some boring typical like hey shoot this phone this way and make it in 3d it's like no we're gonna go to you because you draw ridiculous shit and you have awesome animation and your motion design is fantastic 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a, um, it has a, they have a definite dis defined style of energy. I think, I think like companies like Buck or CRCR um, have similar, but different, obviously. But do you know yeah. who CRCR is? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I was I was in the advertising ring for a while, so. Yeah, you're up in LA then, right? I what? You're up in LA right now. And I you've am. Been, been there for a while. I've been I've been in LA for I don't know since I went to started going to school in 2001. Otis. Yeah. Okay. And then so, and um, prior to that, where were you located? Ventura County. Okay, Ventura. So you're you've been a California kid then. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was born in Hawaii. I'm part Hawaiian. No way, but, really? What part? Yeah, but we moved out here when I was less than a year old, basically to get my um, my surgery and my surgery done and get my my doctor going for it because it was a much better option out here in California. Yeah, yeah, it's a different setup. Than, setup. Doing that kind of stuff in Hawaii, you know. So what what island? Uh, we're on Oahu. So. Oh, cool. I used to live by Punahou. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. I grew up in Hawaii actually. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, my my it's funny, the Hawaiian side of my family, they're scattered all throughout Hawaii. And then mostly on Oahu and then um my white side of the family, my mom's side. Howley. Um, they've had um they've had some really nice beachfront property on the North Shore. Um and we go there on an annual basis and, and hang out and do family stuff. It's fucking but, awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. How long were you in Hawaii for? Off and on about 12 to 13 years. Oh, okay. Yeah. I lived in the Big Island for a while, like Kona side, and then, yeah, then yeah. Maui, then Oahu, and then Lanai. So it's really cool. Are yeah. you are you Hawaiian at all? Nope, just straight white, dude. Just a haole? Just a haole. <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful there, though. It's it's home. Any, it is. Anytime I ever go back there, I don't ever want to leave. It's No, I want to leave after a few weeks. Really? Because... You like it in the States? It's it's beautiful there, of course. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's a yeah. rainforest. It's gorgeous. The water is warm. It's amazing just to go into the ocean anytime you want. It. Especially like we're so fortunate to have that house on like right on the beach in like a in a prime spot. Yeah. Um, so you can just walk down to the beach and jump right in the water as soon as you wake up. And I mean, that's the North Shore gets super dangerous at certain times. Fuck also, yeah, so that you place get, is crazy. Oh yeah, you can get swallowed up and die really easily. And I almost did that. Um, a couple years ago when I went back the first <laughs> in years and years is like, oh, I'm just gonna go jump in the ocean Yeah, I don't think so and then about two minutes in I, I'm ignoring the waves and then I get sucked under because it, that undertow is so fucking dangerous it's crazy over there. It gets so deep so quick Yep, and then you get tumbled around and dragged through the sand and there's some lava rocks and all sorts of fun stuff And then you get <laughs> if you're lucky you end up washed up on the shore Hacking up sand and salt water like I did and realizing like yeah, I forgot even though it's really mild looking, it's super fucking dangerous. Yep. Yeah, it's crazy. You want to go where it's kind of calm. <laughs> yeah, or try I, to. I, I remember spending time there, you know, because it changes from winter to summer from like miles to years. Totally. Um, and being out there at certain times, watching like the 20 and 30 foot waves coming in and like going up below the house and sand all the way down the driveway and everything. And then. You know, you'd see these asshole surfers out there. Crazy fuckers, man. They would die. You'd see people die out there on a regular basis. Yeah. Some people would brave it and they'd be fine. But you'd always see like a helicopter or a lifeguard on his on his um, speedboat or whatever else saying like, get the fuck out of the water. You're <laughs> Seriously. Gonna die. Yeah. You're not allowed to do this unless you want to die. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's, it's, it cakes a lot of people's lives. That uh, North Shore is really crazy. It's incredibly renowned for some of the biggest, craziest surf. And because it's part of the states, and since the states are so, we're so we're so into the surf culture, it's just like, it's like it's like I imagine like flies going towards the light <laughs> at a, well, yeah, a, I've a seen, bug zapper. I've seen <laughs> families like people just have no idea. Yeah. And they set up they set up their their little blankets and towels and whatever else, and they have their kids there. Oh man. <laughs> I, my grandmother, when she was still alive back in the day, would go out there and warn them and be like, "You got to move. You're gonna yeah. get swallowed up because you don't know when a big wave is gonna come and suck you under." And sure enough, nine times out of ten, they wouldn't move, and they fucking lose a kid because the because the wave would come up so fast yeah. and suck you up because it's not like other beaches. Yeah, yeah. Because, it's... I mean, one of the big reasons also is because back in the day, the Navy and the Air Force, they blew up the coral reef out there because it used to be used for, like, like as a landing area and, again, like, just as a defensive area. Yeah. So that's why the waves get so crazy and so brutal right in that spot. And also there's this, this again, like, this deepness that happens very rapidly so that it can build up this like extra spin cycle and really really drag you deep under sketchy the ocean sketchy the freaky. i've seen people get dragged out that are just like completely unaware idiots about it <laughs> don't know any better and people die and or like lose kids or like have to swim out and find their kid so who's, like around because like hey we set up too close which really doesn't seem that close but hey it's a completely different beach yeah, I guess it's kind of comparable to, I mean, not as, it, the wedge here in the States, in California, is pretty crazy. You know the wedge? You know that? No, I'm not aware of wedge. It's like the, there's like a pier around, uh, like, up kind of where you are, I believe, um, but it's got a really crazy um, rip, like, current that comes back and creates a huge, massive waves, but they're really ah. close to the shore. Like 30 fit faces and stuff, like crazy, crazy ass waves. And people just get crushed under those things. But it's interesting. I mean, coming, I, I used to grow up out there. And, and so, you know, when you grow up there, you're, you, the ocean is, is, is your, your playground. And being in the ocean all the time and then having an enormous respect and a fear for it. Um, it's oh, been... you have to have a fear for it. Like, I was always. As a kid, I, again, like I'm, I never even surfed. I attempted surfing, um, but I'm not like some typical California kid that people may stereotype. Yeah. Um, or like, oh, I was from Hawaii and I grew up in California. I must surf. Like, no, I'm fucking terrible at surfing. I yeah. tried once or maybe twice in my life and I gave up on it. Cause I was <laughs> bad at it. Well, yeah, it's, it's scary. The ocean a lot and hang out with my family there, and it's a lot of fun, but with great caution because I'm I'm afraid of the ocean. It's generally a terrifying thing because it'll at any point it can just fucking eat you alive quite literally. Yeah, yeah. It's good that you have that though and it's cool. I mean it's part of the island, part of the respect of it. I mean you're completely um, you're kind of held captive by the ocean, so it's like this respect thing that you must have with it, and that's cool though. I mean, Hawaii, like that's cool that you go back, and that's cool that you're from there and stuff. So, and do you are you into your heritage as well? Like, are you into that stuff? Or yeah, to agree. When I was a kid, I was more into it, and I think my dad really pushed that stuff. Sure. Um, so your dad is Hawaiian. Yeah. So I had a lot of I have a lot of connections to it, and a lot of. A lot of, of bonds with different people and, and different segments of the culture, but I, you know, these days I, I like heritage is such a, a nebulous thing 
and since we have all this media coming in at us, like I, I identify with so many different things these days and so many different cultures. And like Japanese culture was a huge influence on me as a kid, like more than Hawaiian influence. Hawaiian culture was in a lot of ways. So the Japanese influence on Oahu itself is massive, though. Well, yeah, I mean, again, like I, again, I was only there as, as a tiny baby, so I didn't really grow up there. That's anything. true. Yeah, it's one years old. Culture was was instilled upon me by my dad while we were here in the states, mm. in the mainland, and then. But I'm talking specifically about like. You know, anime and video games, and yeah. that that part of the Japanese culture really infiltrating and influencing my aesthetic and and how I think about things in, in game design. So yeah, definitely. I mean, I could see it. There's a lot of Miyazaki stuff going on, and and、um, even in the people that you're collaborating with, I'm seeing some like Otomo kind of Akira animation styles and stuff. So it's just really awesome. And yeah, I mean, I, the the Japanese influence for me came from Hawaii, and that's interesting that you get it possibly from your dad, and then you know, then you're like, oh, that's interesting. Then you probably dig in deeper. But does your dad do art as well, or? He was, but he、um, he was like an abstract painter and a sculptor, and then he stopped doing it after a while and became like a manager somewhere. So,、uh, you know, art art was in the family for sure. But、yeah. uh, he was he was one of those types that just.、Uh, He didn't have like the motivation or the willpower to really follow through on on his creative side, and that's hey, that's fine. There's plenty of people that don't have that drive. It's hard. It's very difficult to keep going on some of that stuff and and to keep a momentum and to really、um, dig deep and find out who you are. And again, the other big thing is exposing yourself. So yeah, and being okay with that exposure and what that leads to and stuff.、Yep. So. Because it leads to a lot of rejection, leads to a lot of criticism, leads to、um, very many different things. Yeah, I, I totally identify and understand with people that that don't want to follow through with that stuff for any number of reasons. But I applaud the people that do. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's you know there's a million reasons not to do something. You know, there's only one to do it. Really, I mean, there's there's many to do it. Obviously, but yeah, I mean, the choice to make those things. I, I have this. I have a similar experience with my family too, as well. And and it's not easy. And、um, you know, and that's another reason why I have the podcast for、um, the listeners as well. Is I think, especially when I was starting out, it was really a big time struggle for me. I always knew I wanted to do it. But it was hard. I felt alone a lot, and I felt, and maybe that's good that I had that feeling because for me it just fueled me a little bit. But it, it was, it was always great when I could hear from another artist or another perspective and get realize like, yeah,、oh, I'm not alone. Or this guy struggled just the same as me. Or, you know, at this state, this guy was here, and I might, I might be able to get to there. You know, so yeah, it just helps. You know, either it does or it doesn't. I don't know. I just hope that it does. You know, so. Which is why these things are occurring. So that's, but that's cool though. I mean, it takes, like you said, it takes a certain type of personality type,、um, be as it may, to do these things and and、um, and to be able to throw yourself out there and be okay with people hating on what you're doing and hating on the things that you love, you know, just for the sheer fact that you just want to, that you just have to do it, you know. So and release that energy or whatever have you, you know. So yeah, that's cool. It takes effort and it takes motivation, and a lot of people don't have that. And、yeah. I, I don't have that at sometimes, and haven't had that at sometimes. But then other times, I realize like what I'm unsatisfied. So let me change that. Let、yeah. me, let me fulfill myself.、Um, and the only person that's going to help me do that is me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. 
So you seem to be kind of like you're you're a self-made person, and so you've you've created things like Heart Machine, and is Heart Machine your company, or is that your like S Corp or something? Or yeah, it's it's my company now. Um, it it wasn't a couple months ago, but now it is. <laughs> well, you need something to stream all this money through, right? So you don't get all completely destroyed. Or I right. gonna, yeah, I mean, and I need to hire employees, and I need to yeah. do all sorts of contracts and legal work and whatever else. And do you find yourself off. being a businessman more than anything nowadays? Then no, I will for the past for like the past like two weeks after directly after the Kickstarter, I was for sure. Yeah. I wasn't really engaging in, in game very much at all. I was doing some managing of the new team and getting stuff together for that. And we had, you know, Minecon coming up and all that. So we had to get stuff ready. But yeah, I was in hardcore business mode. Like, hey, um, there's all this money. And now I have to make sure that the company is working and I have to get, you know, the right financial stuff going, financial advisors. And I have to get the trademarks going. And I have to do this, this, and that, and lawyers, and et cetera, and NDAs and all that stuff. So for sure, I was in hardcore business mode for several weeks after the kickstarter out of necessity not out of want yeah yeah um, and but that stuff most of it is is done so you know cool. the rest is autopilot and i can concentrate on actually making the game with the people that i want to make the game with that's awesome and do you have like kind of like a, a proposed end date for release or is that kind of still well, abstract thing, or yeah the thing about the original release date on the kickstarter was it was set for june of next year or you know like summer basically and that was with the $27,000 goal and the small stretch goals that I had and now we have four guys um, including myself in total um, and so we're able to do more and to refine the experience more so we're probably going to release closer to fall um, of next year rather than summer cool. um, and we'll do the we'll do the PC release first of course um, because that was the promised platform and then we'll do, you know, consoles, PS4, and Vita, and Wii U, and stuff like that. Um, after after we get the PC release, first and foremost, and some of the stretch goals will be held for patches. Like there's a um, challenge mode that will release as a free patch down the line. But um, you know, the scope of the project has changed because of the amount of money that came in, and because of the amount of team members that we're able to actually have now. And the vision of the project hasn't changed. It's just like, oh, now I can actually put this part in there. Now yeah. we can actually refine this space much more than it was before. Now I can expand this part of, of the lore and this part of the game that I really wanted to get deep into. So we have the opportunity now to do that stuff, and we are. That's awesome. Um, and it's, again, like, we're the basic philosophy behind the game design for me has always been to keep it simple um, because it was just me and Bo and mostly me doing all the other stuff and Bo helping out with programming a couple times a week or whatever when he could um, but we have a dedicated full-time full team now and so yeah scope has changed and we're, we're pushing for a fall release instead of like a mid-June like I think we'll probably get a beta out there in July hmm. for PC users to, to jump into um, but the June release date is is a thing that was again set before this thing exploded. That was at the twenty seven thousand dollar goal. Of like, yeah, I'm gonna do this, and maybe I'll get forty grand or whatever else, and then a bunch of stuff taken out from Kickstarter and Amazon, of course. 
And yeah, June will be a realistic release date because we're not going to do that much stuff because we had already prototyped a lot of things and had a good chunk of stuff put in there. Systems were working and functioning well, and it was mostly it was mostly content at that point. But now we're we've gone back and been like, okay, so we have a bigger scope. What are we going to actually do with this stuff? And what systems still work and don't work? And we're really testing things out and pushing things and. We're not trying to be ridiculous about it. We're still keeping things simple, and that's still basic philosophy. Is like, how do we do this in the simplest, most satisfying, elegant way, um, and keeping it on a realistic timeline instead yeah. of instead of being some grand, elegant thing like, oh God, I want to make 70 mini games in this or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. You might have one mini game in there, maybe, if we have time for it, because we want to concentrate on the story, which is the same. Um, as it's always been, but now it's it's we're able to tell it in a more refined way, and we want to concentrate on the gameplay, which again has always been a primary focus. But now we can add more gameplay and more areas to explore and really expand on on the background of this universe of this world. So it's really cool, dude. It's awesome. I mean, that's cool that it seems like you're can like if you as long as you keep that attitude i think towards what you're doing like you know just need to do this and <clears throat> excuse me keep it simple and all these kind of things your your project will probably will succeed <coughs> sorry in you its own it. realm you know so <laughs> um no i i <coughs> sorry it's like drinking no. the water went down the wrong pipe some crack smoke went down the wrong pipe yeah the crack smoke got in my <laughs> got in my throat <laughs> Be very careful when smoking your tinfoil. oil. It can, it can easily go down. <laughs> um, I, 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 keeping it simple is one of the most basic tenets for me in, in artwork and for design and for a lot of things because things can blow up really quickly. Yeah. And, yeah. And as far as like the scope goes, I'm like, oh, I want to do this and I want to do that. And I've been very careful about like, okay, and you can even see see that in the stretch goals all throughout like yeah they were their expansions of areas we're adding some areas but there's nothing ridiculous in there you know we're not adding like promising like 70 new hours of gameplay or anything we haven't promised anything as far as like how long this game is actually going to be or anything like that it's like this it'll be as long as it needs to be sure as long as, as long as it needs to be to tell the full story and to be satisfying that's yeah. what i that's what I care about. I don't care about padding. I don't want any padding. I fucking hate padding games. <laughs> I was, Sword was bad for that reason because there was so much padding in that game and unnecessary backtracking. Like, you know, I the some of the best experiences in gaming have been some of the simplest experiences for me. Sure. Yeah, and I think that's what you're going after. You're going after that original feeling of those worlds that you played when you were young you know which is what it feels like do you do a lot of these animations that like are on the kickstarter and stuff do you are you the one that's animating them and are you doing them in photoshop or after effects or what's your process I, mean, I, did, with that? I did all the original work um for the kickstarter and then i added in some extra stuff as they as some extra sprites and whatever that came in um because i had some different animators contact me and like one of the guys out uh, on the shovel knight team he was like, hey man, your shit's awesome. Let's talk. And we ended up talking, and he's like, hey, let me do some sprites for you. And we did. And Is we that did, Sean like, Ward then? Um, no, that's that's um, Nick Waz. He did like the Minotaur on the side and the, the, yeah. rolling, the rolling guy. 
And then Sean Ward was another kid that came along. He did some some fan art of the the drifter doing the um, like the blade uh, flipping and the big explosive. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and I was like, all right, that kid's hired. Yeah, so cool, man. So Such I a good understanding of motion. Yeah. I got in contact with him immediately, and he's been working with us, and he's been, he's been super excellent. He's a great animator, so. Yeah, it's awesome. There's there's a lot of really cool things. And how are you guys doing this? So is this through Photoshop, or are you guys using After Effects, or what's the process uh, with um, animating these things? Animating the stuff out. So, like, any of the cutscene stuff, I've been using a combination of Photoshop and After Effects, but... Um, as far as the sprite work goes, it depends on the animator. Like some animators um, like to use Flash. Yeah, Flash. Yeah. Animators like to use Photoshop, and some animators like to use ProMotion. Some animators use a combination of all those. I personally use a combination of those, depending on what the actual thing is, what the actual sprite is. So it yeah. depends. It depends on on the requirements of the sprite. So sometimes it's easier to do it all in Flash and then export it and then do some touch-ups in Photoshop or something like that. Yeah. Or, or do the entire thing in, in ProMotion, which is really made for pixel art stuff, which is something that I had just learned about through the process of the Kickstarter, really. I was doing everything in, in Photoshop and Flash beforehand. Okay, and Flash is, is um, I thought Flash is more vector-based, but I guess this breaks Flash down a vector than not. What's that? Flash is entirely vector-based. Yeah, so is your pixel art then, I guess, would you say? No, no, not at all. That's what, that's what I thought, because I think what you're making, the plates, the background in Photoshop, right? You In Flash, you can export to whatever format you want. So oh, okay. you export it to a PNG, and you export it to the right DPI, the right size, dimensions, and you export it without any kind of aliasing on it, on, or anti-aliasing on it, and you know, there you go. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's a good way to look at it then. It's really cool, man. I mean, I'm just curious because this this whole process is interesting to me because I, I come from like, I do digital art mostly. Um, the stuff that I've showed you is like, that's all digital. And so from going from digital and then um, I don't even know how you guys create like those, those super low poly stuff. It's just really interesting though. Because the thing I think that's so fascinating to me is being a really big fan of animation is that... Um, and it goes back down to your simple uh, mantra, which is like, it's it's incredibly simple, incredibly simple shapes, incredibly simple motions, but there's so much going on. And you're, you're selling the, the simplicity so well. And it's not easy to do. I think that's actually way harder. Not just talk shit on like, you know, bigger games that are super realistic. I think that's really hard as well. But I think it's personally, from a design point of view, it's, it's harder to do. The simpler thing is the harder thing to do because you don't have as much to work with. You don't have like, lens flares and motion um, blur and, and all this stuff, you know, that can, can distort the image and, 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 and heighten that experience. So, yeah, I think, yeah, I, there, there's points where simplicity is definitely a more difficult thing to tackle. Um, but ultimately I think it's, it's more elegant in a lot of ways. Um, and when we're talking about, um, such a small team working on a low resolution is really advantageous for us because it saves time yeah and we don't have the resources to do like you know massive polygonal games and that's fine and i, I love the aesthetic um that i've been able to achieve with it so i i'm i'm really i'm happy with it and you know i uh, i appreciate simple beautiful design so that's what i've tried to put out it's awesome there seems to be a, a bit of a of a 
a scene occurring from this, right? It seems like. Um, have you seen uh, Indie Gamer, the film Indie Gamer? Uh, indie Game the Movie, yeah. Yeah, Indie Game. That's it. Is it Gamer or Game? An indie Game? Indie Game the Movie. Yeah. Yeah, it was a cool one. And there's, uh, I think both of those guys are doing, not, not both of them, the one of them, I can't remember, the one with the Fez hat was doing. Uh, Fish? Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I don't know how close you followed that whole thing. I followed it from a, a far distance, but it seems like the internet kind of destroyed that thing or, or uh, troll, yeah, trolls you know, and stuff, you know? So. I've had I've had conversations with Bill Fish, and he seems like a, a good dude. Um, yeah, I, doesn't seem I, like a jerk or anything. No, I think he was just stressed out by it, just like anybody can get stressed out by stuff. And Totally. In the end, people can be vicious and people can be hurtful, and then you get tired of that kind of thing. So it's just like, oh, whatever, you know? move on and do something else or maybe you just need a change um so i understand why some people want to just go do something else i've been i've gotten tired of certain things that i was maybe once passionate about long ago long ago but for me games have always been the underlying current and um it's it feels right to me to be in this position right now of like oh i can make the game I can make the game that I've been wanting to make for a very long time, finally. Yeah. And and it's it's really it's just it's very exciting to be able to wake up and be like, oh yeah, this is my job now. It's just <laughs> so cool. The game. I'm not doing any freelance anymore. I'm not making commercials for anybody. I'm not making illustrations for a client. I'm not doing any of that stuff. It's like this is my stuff. It's this is awesome. At, at age 29, you've you've made it figure you figured it out, and you're doing it for yourself, and that's it's fucking awesome, man. It's inspiring yeah. to everybody that I'm sure that's listening to this, because I I mean, um, a lot of us I'm speaking for everybody, and, and but I think that we would like to create our own stuff, you know, like it's 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 cool enough to work for other people and create their own things, and it's, and if you're working with a really amazing talented team or a great director it's like how could you not yeah. like i would love to work on a fincher film or work with fincher himself i think that'd be great you know just to, Absolutely. to you know but but um but i would i'd like to make my own stuff you know and and i think to, i think a lot of a lot of creative types do want to make their own stuff and they do make their own stuff they just never show it yeah or they, or they you know they hoard that stuff like i did for a long time and like yeah, almost yeah. every illustrator that i know or painter or whatever else whatever other creative type that has a day job maybe even a day job doing illustration or doing motion design or design or whatever else in their field like they still have their own little comics they're developing or their own little backstory or world that they've been creating so i think it's just kind of a natural tendency for creative types to do that stuff you want to live in your own world and you have your own you you've been living in your own head for so long and you have to get it out on paper or in a digital form or in some format you have to you have to get it out there and i've seen some really great stuff from people that they just never really showed it anybody else and the mom's like man yeah i totally understand where you're coming from i can't <laughs> I can't fault you for that but at the same time like show more people yeah please. Well, you're in a perfect position for time. I mean, you've obviously manifested all this yourself and, and made and put in tons of work to make it happen. But like you're in the perfect time of our culture and, and technology for things like Kickstarter, which I'm really fascinated by. I had a friend, Anthony on Anthony Jones, really great artist, and he um, just had a huge recent success for his his book that he's making for through Kickstarter, and he got totally funded and what similar situation to you. What's that? What was the Kickstarter? It was called Heaven's Hell, uh, Anthony Jones. 
it's a book that he's making. He's 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 closing in on it right now, and um, it was just really cool. And I'm just fascinated by it because I'm I'm gonna probably eventually do a similar similar thing because um, it's just why not do that? It's like um, we're in a day and age. I mean, when I grew up, I used to go to like Comic Con and. You know oh, your yeah. your biggest your biggest um, hub of even getting to even see or get remotely close to somebody that might be within your same universe of, of communication would be once a year at Comic Con and you'd go there and you would hope for the best and, and see what happens by showing your work or whatever and I used to go and show like as a kid I didn't really have amazing work you know and and um, so nowadays it's crazy that um, and it's great that you can show the world like hey it's me here's my work this is what i'm passionate about are you passionate about it as well would you mind supporting this and and it's and it could be as small as ten dollars which is like you know a you know really cheap lunch you know and, and then are like getting somebody get influencing somebody's creative path and helping one somebody else or as much as like a thousand dollars or more than that you know and how much you want to contribute to that person's goal and stuff. So it's just, it's fascinating. To me, I think it's great in, in the day and age that we live in now. Um, and, with, and seeing the success of it, it just makes me really excited and happy. And, and it's it's a sign of things to change, you know? Like, what I was getting at with, with Comic-Con is, like, you would, there would be, like, Marvel and DC. If you want to do comics, like, those were the companies that were around when I was growing up. And, you know, if you wanted to do that, you would have to bust your ass and send in the art until they're like, okay, you're good enough, and maybe you can start yeah. at a lower level. And, but nowadays, um, I don't know what you, that... You look at what Jim Lee did back in the day, and he sent his yeah. work, and they're basically like, yeah, good try. Yeah. Later, and then becomes <laughs> one of the biggest names in comics. Yeah, Todd, Todd, uh, Todd McFarlane did the same thing. He's He's got oh, this... There's... Yeah, I, but he's a terrible artist. <laughs> he's awful like <laughs> and, and his concepts are terrible like at least jim lee has some understanding of basic human anatomy <laughs> i appreciate the brand that todd mcfarland has yeah, created yeah. and the creative process and and power he wields but fuck his art basically <laughs> um not to be cruel or anything and again i grew up on that same me too as a kid and then i realized afterwards as like Man, this art is fucking terrible. When you get into some really crazy stuff, when you start to see it, um, you start to get a good perspective of things. You know, once you start, like, I mean, I think that's probably happened when you started to see like the art that's coming from Japan and from Europe and France in general. You start to go like, oh, okay, this is a whole different pocket of talent out there. Oh yeah. And I'm this shit's out of control. All the, like the amazing French animation coming out. Oh now. my god, you know that stuff is just out of control. Yeah, like the, that whole school out there. That's the just like goblins or whatever. Yeah, just amazing Fuck. animation. Yeah, I can see your influence from that that stuff as well. Um, because yeah, there's really <laughs> really great talent out there, and I'm I'm super excited that we have avenues of giving of getting that talent out there and exposing these people to the greater world and having everybody share in that. Yeah, definitely, man. It's it's an awesome it's an awesome thing that we have nowadays, and that's what I'm saying. Like, um, which is cool, and, and and you let your peers decide your success. It's not like you're letting yeah, instead, of, instead of some asshole sitting at the top of Marvel who doesn't know a fucking thing about art. Yes, exactly. Say, like some senior editor who who doesn't have any taste for anything. Yes. 
you actually have your peers yep. helping and deciding and funding. And I think the crowdfunding thing is new and exciting and there's dangerous things that components that come with it. Yep. And there's going to be stuff that's, you know, projects that are unfulfilled that's already come to pass for certain things, disappointments and whatever else. But I don't think it's going away as a model. Nope. I think it's only going to get stronger. And I think it's, uh, again, like an amazing avenue for the creative types which we didn't have before. Yeah. Because again, like, yeah, you'd have to go to Marvel and beg, or you'd have to go to <laughs> Comic-Con and fucking beg and get lucky, or you'd have to go beg at the door of this studio or whatever else, or work your way up for, for, for 10 years and finally get the attention of some senior executive, maybe if you sucked his dick a little bit. <laughs> or, or, you know, just like these ridiculous ways of getting your work out there um, or like happening upon some talent scout or some distributor from a, from a gallery or gallerist or whatever and and then get most like half of your your uh, money taken because like oh you're displaying in our gallery well fuck you we're gonna take half of your money yeah uh, yeah that whole gallery thing is real wicked video games just a few years ago yeah yeah where when you published on any platform you had to have a publisher on Xbox 360. You could not self-publish. Such bullshit. And, and a publisher takes thirty percent at least of your work. Yeah. And, and the same, it's like it's changed so rapidly. Which is now. good. I'm so happy it is because like that oh, stuff yeah. it just upsets me to no end. You know, it's just. It's great. Yeah. You know, iOS has been one of the best things that's happened to um, for content creators in a yep. long, long time. Long time. Because it really opened up. Um, this entirely different model of self-publishing that was not really viable before. I mean, sure, to a degree, you could do it on PC. And Steam was helpful a little bit in that regard in comparison to iOS. It, but, uh, like, it was very, you know, it was kind of in, in, in its infancy, and Steam still has its issues with Greenlight and stuff. But iOS really propelled that forward by showing the major success that you could have as a one-man or two-man team or whatever, self-publishing, just putting a game out there and making millions of dollars because, hey, a lot of people liked it. You didn't have to have a publisher. You didn't have to have major promotion. You just had to have a few people talk about it and spread the word about it, and that yep. was great. I love it. I absolutely love it. I think the the whole the whole generation of what this is happening, how this is occurring, and what it's doing, um, it's, it's, it's like you know like you said ios and all that stuff it's it's like before the business model was like how can we fuck people that was it yeah. and now it's like how can we help people make better shit and, it's and like, it, thank and again, you finally somebody fucking gets it you know it's great and yeah. you look at yes apple got a shitload of money because of it good for them they should but, they were they fucking they put in time too <laughs> they opened up that fucking platform yep, and, they, yep. and even though it's a closed off ecosystem they opened up a whole new way of doing things, of putting things out there, and that, and making it a viable route, like a truly viable route. Yeah. Whereas before, again, like your only avenue as an independent guy was like put it on the PC and hope that a few people download it, and maybe it'll get popular, maybe it'll get crazy. You know, like Minecraft was like a kind of like a, a big stroke of luck in a lot of ways. Like it just had enough people, and it kind of built momentum, and it was in the right place at the right time. And you know, previous other independent. Um, endeavors on PC that did much smaller numbers and but now you have iOS now you have Steam which is very serious about it, putting indies on there now you have major platform holders like you know Sony contacted me Nintendo contacted me when they saw the Kickstarter 
Whereas just like a year or two ago, Nintendo was completely against any of that stuff. Yep. Um, and you had to of course have an they're going to they're gonna sink or yeah. swim, you know? It's like, come you on. You had to have a publisher, you had to have this, this, and that. Such bullshit. And, yeah, and even Xbox, just like six months ago on their Xbox One, were pretty brutal on indies, and they and then they reversed their position on a lot of things. And they're still not anywhere near as good as what Sony and Nintendo's doing, but they're, they're changing, and they're evolving, and they're, you know, I think they realize that, yes, independent developers as Sony has realized, are really filling in those gaps between the big games, which take a long fucking time and a lot of money. Yeah, and the game themselves cost tons. I'm not, I'm not a big gamer, to be completely honest. I don't, I don't really put time to do it. I spend way more time reading and drawing and in, in my craft, and, and I, I do enjoy them, but the, the main things that I've found and read and, and discovered on the game situation now is it's like, it's like Hollywood films and these games take so long they take so much energy they take so much effort and they cost so much money and by the time they come out they're so expensive and um, they're so guarded about them and then the experience themselves for the most part seems to be really dry like a hollywood movie experience you're just like ugh you know you have to play it safe yeah of course because when you have that much at stake you know but for guys like you you can be like i don't care i'm gonna have this guy blow up and then blow up again then blow up more and there's more blood you know it's like <laughs> like gta 5 spent you know like half a billion dollars on development and marketing mm. um for the Jeez. game <laughs> and that's it's massive that's you know as much or more than movies usually um yeah. and the game industry it's the games industry itself is bigger than film now it, yeah it, it is revenue so of course when you have these mega publishers putting down hundreds of millions of dollars or even tens of millions of dollars they're gonna play it a little bit safe or a lot of it safe and that's why you see franchises getting bled dry by activision for example like <laughs> Call of Duty's and all that stuff um, on an annual basis or like Assassin's Creed which became an annual thing it's like they need a model a sustainable model when you're putting out these huge games which take hundreds of people to make yeah you know, like Halo 4 took a lot of money and took a lot of people to make it and it looked gorgeous and it played really well and there was some stuff lacking in it but overall I enjoyed the experience and I cool. appreciated it and it was one of the few like AAA games that I had looked forward to. Not that I was like a major Halo fan or anything, but you could appreciate at a core level, like, holy shit, look at all the work that went into this. And yes, the credits are like 45 minutes long because, good God, did you just play this game? There's a lot of content on it. Yeah, world building. Yeah. Yeah, you're building entire worlds yeah. and universes sometimes. Like, if you look at the last, like, the Mass Effect trilogy, like, they built huge worlds for that stuff they built out entire stories they had tons and tons and tons thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of lines of dialogue and all of it was voiced and all of it was branching you know like all of there was like they did calculations on the number of choices you could have just on your ship mm -hmm. which is one component of the entire game which has you know like dozens of different locations worlds and citadels and whatever else and like just on your ship you could have like a hundred thousand different conversations um or more like is up in the millions maybe of like variations on the different conversations you could have Jeez. and and like to account for all that stuff is ridiculous and yes of course you have to have a team of 100 plus making a mass effect two or three which by the way mass effect was my favorite series from this last generation it was really fucking good 
Cool. And it's amazing. It, what amazes me the most about AAA games is that any of them turn out good at all. Yeah, because of the amount of um, uh, design by committee kind of accidents yeah. that occur and stuff, and, and lack lack of voice. Yeah, there's that game, um, The Last of Us. Uh, a bunch of my friends worked on that, and apparently that did incredibly well. Um, yeah, Last of Us was great. I um, my my friend Aton worked on that as well. Um, and he uh, he was talking about it a little bit, and like I, Naughty Dog has done some amazing stuff this generation, and they pushed the bar in a lot of ways that other developers weren't for like visual design and interactivity and like the cinematic experience as an interactive experience. Yeah, was was they pushed that into in into a higher realm that no other developers been able to do really. Well, that's um, good though. I mean, it's, it's, it's important. It is, and again, like I, I love to see that kind of stuff because the medium of video games can be pushed in all sorts of directions, and that's why I love indie games. I'm so excited about all the games coming up, and as far as the indies go, more so than the AAA stuff. Yeah. Because there's a lot of unique stuff going into that. There's a lot of unique vision and unique ideas. <laughs> what is and... the, there's the voice. You know, I hear, I see your voice instantly. It's like, it's like big name movie posters to mondo posters you know like i see that artist behind that poster or right or i see a bunch of floating heads you know and like yeah. lens flares and 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 uh you know explosion material from the last poster on the same one over and over right so, and you can and, and like going back to movies a little bit and what naughty dog did like yeah i love that they pushed the game's medium into that direction and then they showed that hey this is what can be done this generation like us working at our peak like this is this is some great shit yeah and it's you can aspire to and then on the other end of the spectrum you see a one-man team or a two-man team make an ftl um which is a fantastic little indie game which made a lot of money for them which was a really big success and was embraced by the games community as a whole because it was just a really well-designed game it was super bare bones as far as like style and animation went and any of that stuff, but it just had so much charm and it had really, really good gameplay. Cool. So you see you see those like very, very different extremes of the spectrum in the games space, as you do in films. Or music or any any big experience, you know. Which um, is which is really awesome because you yep. didn't see that, you know, ten years ago in games. And it's come into its own in a lot of ways. Yeah. So it's such a rapidly developing young medium. Yeah, um, the progression. And, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and and fuck Ebert for ever saying the games aren't art. <laughs> this guy's dead and all, and I, I I agreed. He he had a lot of interesting opinions about stuff, but he was fucking wrong as hell when he says games aren't art. He's wrong. One, he's wrong on a lot of things. You know, so <laughs> I've ever heard in my life about almost anything, and I've heard some dumb arguments about a lot of different things, including politics. That really pissed me off. But that's. <laughs> because coming as a person who has put a lot of passion and art into his own game and seeing people in the industry put a lot of their own art directly into the game to say fuck you this isn't art that's a big it's a big middle finger fuck yeah. you well it's opinion you know it's stupid it's well. opinion. and he's an older guy and he doesn't understand it and i'm sure he didn't play Zelda. Oh, <laughs> he didn't play any of the games that people recognize as like 
kind of artistic experiences or revelations in the space at, at their time, at their respective time, you know? Yeah, yeah. When so you're he was ignorant to it, and the fact that he would espouse his ignorant opinion pissed me off more than anything. Yeah. Because he has, you know, sway and influence in certain spheres. And... Sure, but whatever. Yeah. Let let people that don't know about it listen to it and believe it. You know, the the true, the true path of what it's going to be is going to be what it is. You know, and people are going to understand it and be like, holy shit, this is a crazy artistic experience. Or and, it has been, yeah. and it and it's been great. So you know, regardless of what Mr. Ebert had said, like it's it's still like people realize like, oh yeah, games are art, and you're seeing the success of that, and you're seeing the rewards of that, and the benefits of that. Yeah, and you see and you see a game like Journey. Um, which was an amazingly artistic experience um, and then a very emotional experience and a very condensed experience you know like those kinds of things can exist in the game space um, and that's a that's that's an interactive experience that you can't get from film or yeah any yeah and it's only gonna get bigger and, and grander and, and, and fully more immersive and stuff it's gonna be really interesting to see where this goes it really like you're saying it's it's kind of the, on the cusp of being something else and it's, it's very much in its infant state, um, especially by the the, the 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 decisions and the choices that are being made, and what's working and what isn't working, it's it's obvious that it's still trying to find what it is, and that just comes from the human spirit and people trying to figure out. And there's people that are conniving and trying to make money off people, and there's people that are just generally trying to express themselves through yeah. an experience. I mean, you, you have assholes like Zynga, who are some of the worst companies ever. Um, because all they do is steal, literally steal the content of the small artists. I don't know if you know. No, I don't know this stuff. Not a, not uh, well, a... like Zynga, you know what Zynga is, right? No, no, don't know what it is. Okay, so Zynga is, uh, used to be, is less so now, um, a multi-million slash billion dollar company in the game space, and they make casual shitty games. And <laughs> words with friends. Or, well, they didn't make it, they bought it. They bought Words with Friends. Their big success was Farmville back in the day. And so they were like a Facebook games company, and they got really big because of Farmville, and then they started buying more companies, and they bought Draw, Draw Something, and they bought Words with Friends, and they bought all sorts of other stuff. And one of the things, is, uh, Pinkus, or whatever his name is, the main guy at Zynga. Pinkus is his name? I think so. Um, Fucking hell. Yeah, his <laughs> one of his major goals is how to make a lot of money, mm. and so they have people that are like accountants and whatever, spitting out algorithms, spitting out ways that they can psychologically trick you into spending more money. On Isn't their that game. the game itself for him? That's his game. But that that's their game. Like yeah. they don't care about the fun in it. Well, they yeah, just, they're opposite to you it, then. And one of the worst things they do, besides all that is that they go and they have they literally have meetings this is not an exaggeration you hear this from an interview or something they have meetings where they go and they look at tiny developers and say can we steal this idea Jeez. and then they rip it off bit by bit and they did that with a game they've done that with a lot of games and one of the games they did it with that was the most um controversial was this game tiny towers for ios mm. um and it was a big success, and Apple featured it as one of their games to play of the year. Oh. So, you know, it was huge on iOS. Yeah. And fucking Zynga goes and makes an exact clone of it, like dollar for dollar. They go into it and they copy every little bit of the economy of the systems behind it, and they just give like their horrifying generic bullshit um, 
coat of paint to it and sell <laughs> their own product. And the reason why it's successful is because they link it back into their other successful games. So it's like this big feeding process where mm. they advertise their own games in their own games. So people will keep going from one game to another without sustaining their other games. And they because keep... most of the time, what the consumers just not educated as to what they're buying, yeah, of or they just don't care because they, they just want to get that fix of playing a stupid game yeah. and just play around. And one of the biggest problems in in the game space right now in my opinion and I think in other like smaller content creators opinions is lack of copyrightable mechanics essentially uh yeah yeah like because the the backbone have, of it the programming and stuff you can have an idea mm -hmm. and for like a system in a game and you can have an idea for like a style of a game or whatever else or like a series of button presses or whatever else and like you can't really copyright that at all so anybody can make a clone of it and if they have enough money they can just push it out and make more money off of it. And this has happened on iOS a lot of different times. Like Chinese companies come in and make a clone of the game. <laughs> they do that with cars too, man. I mean, they've oh, yeah. literally, um, or just like, they've taken like, they've, game. yeah, like it was funny. I was watching a show in China. They've actually like, they've remade the BMW X3 SUV, I think, or X5. They literally, it's it's like fucking exactly the same thing. And then they just name it another game yeah. and they're using it out there in China and, and uh, Germany. And I think BMW tried to sue them and the Chinese government's like, yeah, go fuck yourself. It's Basically, like, it's oh like, my God. <laughs> it's a wild west. It's like, fuck yeah. it, I don't care. Yeah, well, because, you know, they're making half of this stuff. So they're like. Yeah, and if, if you look at a, like a smaller developer, it's it's really sad, but um and but also kind of like a comedy of of tra like a comedy of tragedies basically. Um, it's like a William Shakespeare play with the this company called Lambier, um, and they've made a lot of really successful games. They made um, Ridiculous Fishing for iOS. They made uh, Lufthausers, or they are making that. Um, they made they made a few other games, and like three times in a row their games were directly ripped off by shitty companies and then released and made more money than their own game because their uh, own game they weren't finished with it yet so they didn't yeah. release it yet um so they got in there they stole the idea stole the entire concept and like the basics of the systems behind it and just you know put a shitty sheen on it so it looks dissimilar enough where it's not just a blatant copy or they're not just like ripping assets out. Uh -huh. um, and then just release it to the market and they couldn't do anything about it. But I think they had some legal conflicts and they've, they've done some stuff with that. But like even, yeah, their, their last game, Ridiculous Fishing, luckily was a huge success and they did really well with it. But before that, there was a shitty fucking company that came along and, and made Ninja Fishing. And it was the exact same game because they had previously re previously released Ridiculous Fishing as like a really basic concept on a Flash portal, you know. Hmm. All this stuff said and done for you um, in a creative space, how is it for you? I mean, are we gonna see like a hyper light drifter uh, bite coming in the near future? Are you worried about that? Is that like something that you know was a consideration of you for when you were trying to show all this and get funding for it? Were you no, was in the all. back of your mind? I wanted to put it out there, and I think um, I think even with uh, the examples of Lambier, like even with their troubles, like they've found that their fans will still support them, sure, and sure. they will still be successful because they make a superior product and they have a unique vision and a unique style. And I think the same goes for what we're trying to do 
with Hyperlight is like it's unique enough where if anybody tries to rip it off, like yeah, it'll be pretty obvious that you're trying to rip it off because it has a pretty distinct flair to it. Um, and not to say that we don't have similarities to other game mechanics whenever like things that we love, sure, but it's, sure. that's like that's a devoted love letter to it, not a straight rip off or a straight like hey fuck you, we're just gonna copy your game and make money off of it. It's like no, I fucking love this game. I love what you did here with this specific mechanic. Let me see how I can use it in context with my game and make it make it work for my game in a different way. Yeah, it gets really sticky there. That's the thing, right? I mean, because I think what you're talking about more is like the intentions, right? Like for you, it's the intention of, of paying homage in a cool way of where it's like, yeah. hey, like I, I like your game. But for these guys, it's like their their game is making money. And there's right. a lot of people in this world that their game and their, their purpose and meaning in life is this weird like my wife and I watched a show called Shark Tank and the whole thing is about these people oh, yeah. like making more money and it's really interesting because uh, it's interesting to watch for sure but it's kind of gross also. it's super gross like every time I watch it even if it's like oh like that person wanted to make something cool and they're actually trying to help the world like and they get funding and all that stuff happens I'm like that's fucking cool but then there's like guys that are like trying to make like Snuggy 2.0 just to make money and I'm like go fucking jump off a building please like yeah. you're, you're just wasting space you're wasting air, you're wasting space, you're wasting resources by being a fucking asshole. Yeah. <laughs> you're just being a pure fucking asshole. Like, yeah. that's a lot of money. Like, the one of the episodes I watched had these, these like, disgusting New Yorker, like, mobster-style middlemen, basically. And all they did was, like, take other people's credit and extend it yes. and, then become, and become their creditors. And yeah. just listening to their pitch on that, I wanted to fucking throw up. I was like, that is the grossest fucking business model. Yeah. My wife Funny. and I were watching that one, actually, and it was funny. Yeah. They're becoming cause... like really weird margin men who are just taking other people's fucking money for small endeavors that they're truly passionate about. And you're fucking gross. Yeah, it's super gross. And, and that's, I mean, when my wife and I watch it, we laugh and giggle about those situations because just how odd these people are. And, and they're just, they're not really contributing a lot of them and they're just no, kind they're of, contributing nothing yeah just they're air. sucking yeah. other people dry yeah and that's like, just they are not good just being destructive and disruptive rather than contributing and being productive in the society and if i was some massive benevolent dictator of the entire world i would kill people like that yeah yeah i would sentence them to death i would outlaw that kind of practice you're getting would... in the hitler world though but I would, I would say the only thing... Oh, okay, then. Here you go. I relegate you to an island of assholes. Go hang out with them. Go be with your type of people. I only want productive, badass people. <laughs> it doesn't mean you have to be like a creative genius or anything like that. You can be a normal dude yeah. who has a regular job, yeah. who has a fucking family and loves his family, and that's all he wants to do. That's great. great. That's awesome for you. Yep. Don't be a fucking scab. Yeah. Don't be a goddamn disgusting little weasel who's a detriment to the people yeah. that, that he's surrounding himself with that are like infecting other people's lives basically yeah it gets really gross but it's interesting um how successful that is and, and it's weird like it's really weird too for me um being freelance for as long as i have and, and getting around to these meeting different people and seeing their roles in companies and, and i'm always wondering like so what is it that you're doing here like i'm always curious as to people's function because i look at companies as being a machine 
and, okay. and, and everybody's a cog in the machine and some are better than others and some are you know some of these guys are really talented and, and really driven and wanting to do certain really powerful things and some not so much and sometimes I'm like what are, what are you doing here like are you just bleeding this company or what do you what's your purpose you know and, and it gets really confusing for me sometimes and and I guess because like I'm a self-made person as well and I like to just focus on you know making my own path and I know what it takes to be successful um, somewhat and when I don't see it in other people I question instantly you know I'm <laughs> instantly like what are you doing you know so and I think that you probably feel the same thing based off of what I've known from you from um, getting to know a little bit about you and what you're doing um, it just gets really interesting for me you know and it just makes me really curious <laughs> and, and, and you know I think in, it's really vital and important for me when I wake up or when I go to sleep to realize that I'm doing something um, either contributing or helping somebody or I'm doing something that I feel is 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 my purpose here and not trying to be incredibly destructive you know and um, I it's weird that not everybody has that you know and maybe no, they I, do but maybe I, they just I, don't care <laughs> yeah no I listen I understand that everybody's different and again like the stuff that you're doing I, I respect your work I think you're a super talented guy and I'm, I'm glad there's people like you out there that want to just make badass stuff and want to do and want to want to be a creative soul in this world and lend something of value to it i think creativity is extremely valuable and that kind of voice needs to be trumpeted rather than like quashed and again like these these people that like find these grotesque little niches in between and learn how to like suck people dry and like pull that out of them like pull those resources out of these like little gross wormholes. Yeah, they're, they're the worst, and all they do is bring down the creative types and the people that are truly doing productive things in the world. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I mean, we can. I think uh, you and I and, and everybody listening can agree that there's there's people that, like I've said it before. There's 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 two types of people that I've noticed in this world. There's there's people that do things and there's people that talk about doing things and the yeah. people that are doing things that are in a positive light are and I've experienced a lot of really disgusting people um, in this business itself the industry itself with Hollywood I mean, it's and disgusting people in every industry but it's like totally go, yeah but you go to advertising you go to Hollywood TV whatever else and freelance our freelance world like yeah there's there is a lot of like grubby grubby producers and just directors or whoever like other middlemen within the companies that are paying for these commercials or products or whatever else and yeah you encounter a lot of that a lot of those really gross people and you wonder to yourself like how does this person not how does this person wake up and not throw up or want to stab themselves in the face or neck and i think they probably some of these guys do i think they're they're you know that in the psychological realm of what this why these things occur i think is is if you really think about it and consider it you don't need a whole lot to survive right i mean there's, yeah. a, there's a certain amount of dollars that you need to make in order to survive anything beyond that it starts to get it starts to get really dark because um there's a there's been this study too that I read that said like anything above like seventy thousand dollars per person. Yeah, it's like seventy five thousand. Yeah, it becomes it becomes kind of dark. Like it becomes a dark realm, and then well, it's you don't have any you don't have any positive return on that. As yes, far as your, your life as starts as to as suffer. As or, as yeah, as far as your context goes, like yes, you're happier and happier with more money up until seventy five thousand dollars a year. Yeah. After that, it's all just meaningless and like you don't really need anymore because you're able to 
indulge in whatever you want, you're comfortable. And if you start to get into these stratospherically ridiculous numbers, uh, it's just like, what do I do with this money? And then you start having weird competitions with other millionaires and you have <laughs> weird ideas about how to live. And then you start to do strange things with your money. And then you get unsatisfied because you have so much money and because you not speaking you're not happy. Things. Um, yeah. like seeing this from, you know, other people that have acted out who have become rich, like mega rich, like actors and all the other big businessmen and like wall street guys, like the behaviors that they indulge in because they have so much money. It's unhuman. Yeah. It's unhuman. Exactly. It's yeah. not what normal people do. Yeah. Like you yeah. see these eye bankers with millions of dollars and like, yeah, they'll go buy a fucking new car every day every two weeks or something just to get their, just get their boner yeah it's like get their rocks like, off how much can i spend on this dinner like what's the most elaborate dinner i can get and they do ridiculous dumb shit or like can i have five um five women sucking me off at the same time basically <laughs> and i can pay them all off um and buy them jewelry and they can all flock to me and i'll feel great about that it's like no you're not really getting a satisfying interaction there yeah you're, you're not living life yeah no yeah you're just fucking buying people and that's that is another gross thing super gross yeah and i think the people and what's really interesting about today's age too i mean there's a lot of people that are missing the the point i think and and who i mean who are we to say this is the point in the meaning of life i mean um, but this is our own opinions and perspectives, but I mean you're touching on a lot of things that I agree with because it, it, it gets really weird, you know, and, and, and I grew up incredibly poor and then I started to get successful and then I started to go in that black zone and I didn't realize it either. And then I and then I realized at the end of this brutal year, I was like, why was I doing all that? There's like really no point. I started to realize that I was overworking myself due to my own um, insecurities about myself not wanting to be poor like i was as a kid right. and trying to, to to cancel that out and personally and and but then it gets into this zone where um because i'm really into cars as well um and i think it's probably uh it's probably another facet of my insecurity as a child like not having things and wanting to have more of things and then um but money is a, is a direct like cars are just a waste right like i mean at the end of the day they're i love them and they're awesome because they're fun they're like a toy but they do nothing really for you i mean besides take you somewhere but that's the focus of what they are like fast race cars and stuff they mean they push your adrenaline around and they get you excited and they look beautiful and they're cool experience but at the end of the day what is it really doing for you as a person so like i, I don't know it's it's a really interesting um experience that I've had and I'm starting to learn and grow from as well and 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 usually when it comes to money for me when it comes to like pointless money it's like when cars start to come in and you start to afford to have these ex interesting experiences with them and I mean there's totally different facets of that there's there's building your own cars just like you can have the same experience I imagine of, of building a video game or building a book or your own enterprise or whatever or you can have um, you know it's, it's up to the user obviously and, and that person's experience with it but um, I'm running on a rant here, but it, the money thing, the money side of things is really weird and it's interesting. And the, I think to come and bring it all full circle, the whole th idea of what Kickstarter is, is I hope, I really fucking hope that it's going to start canceling a lot of these fucking blood-sucking assholes that are pulling the cards and calling the shots that they shouldn't be. Guys that are sitting in meetings that aren't seeing the talent that's coming through and fighting people that are actually supposed to be doing what they're supposed to be doing, which is creating, entertaining people. The good news is that that's already happened. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's happening right now. It's it's already it's already happened. Like, 
again, I don't think crowdsourcing or crowdfunding is going anywhere. Just like social networking is not going anywhere. It's only going to transform. Like maybe Kickstarter won't last that long. Maybe another company will come along. Maybe Indiegogo will be bigger next time. Or maybe something else will crop up with more stringent guidelines or something. I don't know. But sure, sure. Like this idea of... Patrons there too. Patrons another site. I think that yeah, seems to be working. Idea okay. of, of like the community participating directly with the artist yeah. or with the, the creator, whether it be a company or a book or a game or something more um, utilitarian rather than um, beautiful. Like there's something engaging about that. And yeah, now that yeah. we have the technology to do it, like that's not going away. That's only going to get more interesting. Yep. Um, and again, like a guy wants to make a fucking shoe company. Great. You can go do that on Kickstarter. And if people believe in it, they'll do it. And like, you know, like we talked about, you don't need a lot to survive. So if he can make like, you know, 80 grand or something, that's a good living to have. And then he yeah, can, he can do his own thing. And I've seen plenty of awesome um, projects where it's like, yeah, they make a little bit more than what they want and what they ask for. And now they can do what they wanted to. And that's, that's friggin' great. And all Amazing. it costs. And all it cost was like five bucks per person for like you know a few hundred people. Totally, and that's totally. all you need is that support rather than rather than throwing yourself under the bus or like selling your soul to some <laughs> sir who now owns the rights to your creative work. Like those days are fucking over. Yeah, I really hope so. I think the internet itself is is disposing a lot of those bull that bullshit. And they you know, it, I mean, if you really look at like the entertainment industry, movies, where that all comes from, and, and, and where it is now, and, and how it's totally bastardized, and and the experience itself is totally convoluted and, and just kind of gross but the idea originally was like hey there's a lot of people coming to see this let's charge these people a reasonable amount at the beginning of this so that all together their community their, their collaborative um expenditure is 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 good enough to make a good living off this and then it become like well how can we sell more and all that stuff and then it gets really gross it, it outlives itself and then it becomes this whole different experience but the yeah. The idea, what this is, the Kickstarter idea, and what it is, and and, how, and its involvement, and, and and for guys like you and the experience that you've had, it's just, it makes me so fucking happy, like genuinely, like happy that there's that people are doing what they obviously love and they're able to do it through the support of real people, and that's fucking awesome. No, I mean, again, like it, it's it, it's really it's an amazing thing to see, and it blew my mind as it was happening, and still blows my mind. Yeah. That it, and that there was so much support and that you know even before i did my own like seeing seeing the success um all these different um of all these different great games great looking games and ideas regardless of if they were truly going to be great or not like just the fact that they got funded just the fact that you know like double fine was able to push out their stuff and get the community behind them just the fact that you know something like ghost song was able to make a good enough amount of money to, to put their vision forward or the shovel knight dudes on kickstarter made you know three hundred thousand something dollars when they're only asking for like eighty thousand originally like it's really great to see all this stuff and beyond video games too like all these different content creators like finally they get an outlet like they can make their comic book because hey they only needed a few hundred people to give them like five or ten dollars yep. And people are excited about it. Yep. And they are they have like an install base already without having to get some marketing, without having to get like the publisher, without having to get any of this crap behind It's a bunch it. of waste. It's a waste of energy. Yeah, it's like you cut out all the middlemen and you market yourself and your product as it is rather yep. than like as it could be or any other bullshit. It's like swap meets and, again or something like yeah. that. It's interesting. It's bringing it back to like that whole thing, you know. It's a very personal, ex it's a very personal exchange, yeah. whereas 
a lot of media has been so impersonal for such a long time. Yeah. And it's it's really it's really endearing to see. And to go back to one point that you were talking about, like I grew up basically the same way, where my family was mostly broke, and you know my my tendency to spend money on frivolous things goes towards games. So like I'll, I'm more of a games collector than anything else. So sure. like if I, even if I own this game, it's like maybe I should own it in this format also, <laughs> just because it's interesting. And then. And then, yeah, realizing that money can only take you so far, and really, what you what you need to do is fulfill yourself creatively, or fulfill yourself in whatever way your mind tells you to fulfill yourself. Like different people have different experiences and have different ways of fulfilling themselves, but most people, I think, lack the drive to do it or lack the knowledge of how to do it. And something like the crowdfunding really opens that up in a broad term, not just for creative types. It's like business types too. Yeah, you know. If you have a dream to build this one company that does that sells amazing toothbrushes, then fucking go do it, and that's awesome, and you'll do it. Yep. Yeah. Exactly, there's man. This guy, there's this guy on, um, I think it was an Indiegogo campaign, and he made um, he made Soylent, um, which was basically he didn't like the idea of wasting time on meals all the goddamn time. Which is, uh, you know, close to my heart because I have a lot of difficulty with food as part of my health issues. So um, he developed this formula, which is basically like essential amino acids, you know, a bunch of vitamins and minerals, and some other key components and proteins like low triglyceride protein chains and stuff like that. Like all the basic essentials that the body absolutely needs, mm-hmm. and it's not like this is this is a low bar. This is like everything packed in, and in the best possible way. Like he's getting high grade materials for this stuff. Awesome. And, and yeah, and he funded it all on on Indiegogo or one of the other crowdfunding campaigns, and it was big. It's basically yeah, it's awesome. And this has nothing to do with you know video games or art or anything else. It's like it's a business, and it's. His, I basically just like his little concept of like, I fucking hate eating every single meal. Can't I just drink something for like 15 seconds that tastes good and <laughs> has everything in it that I need? Well, that's what I do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. My, two of my meals a day is, is, is a shake. We have a Vitamix. My wife and I got a Vitamix. Yeah. And it's fucking awesome. Because, yeah, I mean, I'm the same way. I want to just fucking work and I want to put in time. I don't want to, as much as I love food and as much as I love sitting down and eating a, a great There's meal. Time, you just don't have the time to do exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Or the energy to do it. Or, like, you don't want to go to a shitty fast food place and eat garbage. And no, like, no, no, no. And, you know, this Soylent stuff turns out to be, again, like all high, high grade stuff. And if Fuck you yeah. drink consistently, as they've been experimenting and playing around with it, like, it actually makes you a lot healthier because you're cutting out all the garbage. It's you're great. getting all the pure nu- nutrients and again, like amino acids and all that, the good fats and everything else in your system and more than you've had before in a very distilled, pure form. So all these amazing benefits of the things you're supposed to be consuming are right there. It's like, what a great idea. I'm yeah. so you're able to do that. You wouldn't have been able to pitch that or do that 10 years ago, five nope. years ago. Yeah, people are like, oh, you know, you know, uh, this is, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's really great. And we're, like I said, we're in a time of change. Um, we're in a time of, of the, we're the deciding factor of these things um, as much, much more than before, not as much as, as, as we should. And it's going to change. And it's just um, guys like you and I are just, I, I think it's, it's just really a beautiful thing. And, and I've seen the, the pure growth from friends and, 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 
what this is is the, what this is doing purely to the industry is just fucking awesome, man. It was really yeah, it's not I've, it's nothing I've wrong with it, you know. A lot of friends and a lot of people that I admire um, just have ideas about Kickstarters, and even that is great. It's like, yeah, think about it more because now there's that actual possibility yeah. that you can do that. Like even just that little spark of like, oh, there's an opportunity that wasn't there before to get to get interesting things positive things creative stuff out into the world different visions different perspectives like that is really great to see and that has been like the biggest sea change i think for for the internet and for content creators as a whole in in a generation you know totally man yeah i couldn't agree more and it's it's really cool and it's it's awesome like i said i keep saying it i'm i'm a, I'm a big fan of what you're doing and i think it's fucking great and it's like honestly um like my buddy Anthony and what you're doing and, and everybody else it's 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 actually motivated me incredibly I I think I've had it within me for a while to do what I want to do but like just seeing the success of what you guys are doing like I sent you some images prior but I'm actually gonna be developing my own stuff and hopefully using a similar model to get out to the people that actually enjoy this stuff enough and if that if they if they're interested enough to support it and it's just it's it's, it's exciting you know rather than going like full fuck I'll get draw like hundreds of drawings and just hope that I send the right email to the right person and then hopefully they don't rip me off and take my right. shit it's like there's a lot it's of these something that I think people like you and I have experienced like I've definitely sent out oh yeah <laughs> years and years ago like I've I've done the email ring and sent out my portfolio and gotten zero responses back and it's just it's incredibly disappointing it's yeah like, you get fucking nothing back from that what a what a shit experience and that of course you know that disenchants you that like crushes people entirely yep yep and you know this new situation is great man yeah dude i'm 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 a huge fan i'm a huge supporter i'm so thank i'm so thankful for you and for you having the time to being cool enough to chat with me too i'm an absolute stranger and what i'm doing i don't know if you even know what i was doing so it's really cool and, and i really appreciate it and i know that everybody that's listening we have some really amazing fans everybody that's listening like um i've had such great feedback from everybody and thank you all for listening and it's been really great and i, I know everybody's going to really appreciate this and if you're listening to this and you and what we say really motivates you or inspires you what alex is doing and how he's chasing his dreams or what he's doing like please like go do it yourself it takes all of us as a community to change these things you know and if we're the content creators then we have tons of control and power of this stuff you know not in an egotistical way it's just like empower yourself make your own stuff you know if, like you're passionate about it do it you know and yeah i mean how could you not with situations and and business um types that are happening like this i mean how could you not you know so yeah man it's fucking awesome it's it's good stuff it's fucking amazing stuff so and yeah dude thank you so much i'm gonna help make sure i got all your um links on the bottom of the podcast so everybody that's interested can see your work and then see what your guys are doing and heart machine and all that stuff too so um, yeah yeah all good. that stuff man yeah dude excellent yeah no no problem i mean it was i was glad to talk and it seems like we we share a lot of um common ideas about creativity and content creators and and you know artists and their their visions and what they contribute to the world and being able to hold on to that stuff as as uh, as content creators rather than getting it ripped from some giant conglomeration or some some publisher or whatever else like yeah i think 
it was good to have this conversation with a relatively complete stranger. So. <laughs> yeah, man. Awesome. No, I, I completely agree. You know, at the time of that is, is there's a lot of change that's occurring and and what what it's doing for me personally is is empowering me to really think outside of it. There's that whole 10,000 hour rule. I bring it up a lot in the podcast, but the idea that you spend, you know, on average um, about 10,000 hours developing your craft and once you get there i do jujitsu as well and like mixed martial arts and it's like the belt system once you get a black belt it's not like you're the badass it's actually that you actually finally learn and understand jujitsu and then it's time to contribute so i think it's the 10,000 hour rule with that as well and i think for what you're doing it's like you've reached your 10,000 hours and then you are like okay well fucking hell like i'm gonna go make my shit i'm gonna contribute you know and the choice that you make and that's the cool thing is that the use of technology is allowing you to be empowered by that and using the energy from fans and stuff to support it which is fucking awesome so yeah. and no, nothing about it was easy it was, there was yeah i think you make it casually uh i think you're casual about like the amount of effort that you put in because i think like you said your health situations and your you have a certain grasp of reality <laughs> but yeah i'm glad that you make sure you point that out it was, wasn't easy <laughs> Because it doesn't seem like it. A lot of effort to dedicate yourself to something like this, and and just to fucking launch a Kickstarter and run a Kickstarter is a lot of work. Just as a a warning, I mean, it can be really rewarding, obviously, but you know, fair fair warning. And I think you can ask any other group um, that's running a Kickstarter that yeah, this stuff is not easy. Yeah. Yeah, man. Awesome, dude. Well, thanks again, man. Thanks for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, dude, I'm looking forward to um, continuing a friendship with you and talking with you and watching you grow. It's going to be great. Sounds good, man. Yeah, I am too. I'm glad we talked. Yeah, dude. Awesome. Well, have a great day. And and like I said, thank you so much for sharing your time and and, uh, super excited for what you're going to create. And uh, yeah, man. Thanks thanks for reaching out to the positive words yes and thank you to andrew too andrew for linking us up and and putting the effort out and connecting us so thanks andrew appreciate it awesome buddy well have a good day man you too all right chaba later bye